This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, we appreciate you guys being with us. We're an Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there too. Hit the notifications bell, and you can join in anytime we're live or anytime we premiere a new video. So thank you for that. Also want to thank Baldy again for stopping by in the first segment. And now Mo Moten, my co-host, joins us in. And I also want to make sure I give a clear plug for Baldy's podcast here on the Odyssey Network, which is called The Best Football Show with Brian Baldinger. And it's a great show because he goes around the league, he talks about everything and breaks things down. So I highly recommend that Right after you subscribe to Silver and Black today, you go over and subscribe to Baldy's podcast. You got to do that. Uh, but uh, a great conversation. I'm glad he stopped by. Mo, uh, I know you heard a little bit about what he said. And I think the thing that struck me, the point, I mean, he made a lot of points and we'll get into some of them. But I think the one point that the, the way he said it, I guess I hadn't thought about it this way. And so when he said it, it sort of just clicked for me. He said, hey, so, you know, I look around the league. I see, he said, I was just at the Jets today. Uh, for five hours, hanging out with the Jets and seeing what they're doing. And I look at the Jets and I see all this young Helen. I see Brees Hall. I see Sauce Gardner. Yes, he's injured, but I see all these young developing players. And then he's like, on the Raiders, who do the Raiders have? They have Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. But what about past that? Like, he's like, I don't see any kind of, any kind of, um, stockpiling of talent there. And then, of course, he talked about the Eagles, which you know, it's a great textbook example of Howie Roseman, what he's done there to build that squad. And that kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, 
you know, I, I, maybe I, I've thought of or said something about that, but not in that way. And, and it goes back to some of the things we're talking about. We were talking about on Tuesday and the reaction to the show Tuesday, by the way, Mo was very funny. People, Oh, you guys are so fired up and da, da, da. so, you know, the 10% people didn't like it, of course, but, but we, uh, we got a gr- lot of great feedback on it. And it's just because it's becoming clear that the certain things aren't working, but that point that Baldy made, and it's a hard reality for fans out there that listen to the Raiders or follow the Raiders is that you kind of look at the roster and you're like, Meh. right. They're, I mean, obviously they're not very good because they're not winning ball games, but you look at it for the future and it's a little discouraging. It's a little discouraging now. Now I will say that I think Tyree Wilson's made minimal strides. I, I said, I tweeted during yeah. a game, you know, during that bears beatdown, I said the one kernel of positivity is I, I felt like I, even before the PFF grades came out, I, the eye test, Tyree Wilson had his best game against the Bears, but no one cares because the Raiders got blown off the field. Yeah. So I, I think that was lost in the shuffle a bit. But I've said this before, and I'll say it now. If Joshua Daniels were to get fired, I would fire Dave Ziegler with him. Because mm-hmm. I, I've said it on my Bleach Report Live. What rookie has Dave Ziegler drafted that you can look at and say, that guy is going to be a potential pro bowler or, or, or even a solid contributor for a decade, five years, or that player is going to get a second contract for sure. Right. We, we, you can't point to one single player and he's actually traded and, or, or the team has not even rostered some of the players that he's drafted in his two classes. Matt, Matthew Butler didn't even make the 50 man roster this year, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he, he traded Neil Farrell jr. to the defensive tackles they drafted last year. Jacorian Bennett, I liked him. Not a lot of buzz in the preseason. Can't stay healthy right now, but when he was on the field, didn't show enough. Didn't show a lot. Mm-hmm. And Byron Young, you know, hasn't been able to get on the field on a consistent basis. So the list goes on and on. So I agree with Baldy, but I've always made the point that Dave Ziegler hasn't done enough where I could say you know, he deserves to keep his job because he really has as of right now. Now, give him some time because sometimes picks take three years. We understand that. Look at Trayvon Merrick this year, his third year. I get that. But if we're taking a snapshot right now, the returns don't look very good. No, but it's interesting because, well, I agree with you 100%. And I'm I'm the first one, and we talked about it, I think, on the last show where I said Bryce Young. People give up on Bryce Young already. All these young quarterbacks, it's like, hey, you give them a year. And it's like, if they don't make it in a year, they're a bust, right? But I will say this. If you if you look at all the other teams and their draft picks, not all of them, but the teams that end up being competitive, it seems like, you know, out of a draft class, they 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 have a few guys that that hit. I mean, you look at the and, and fan, Raider fans aren't gonna want to hear this. You look at the Chiefs last year. How many, how many rookies started in the Super Bowl? Six, right? Six rookies started in the yeah. Super Bowl. So so there is a better way to do things. And to your point about Dave Ziegler, it's a good point. And, and we talked about, Baldy and I, the, the idea of this the, the winning in the trenches, right? So you went into the season, and that's where you have to look at the Raiders too and say, wait a minute, you went into the season thinking you're good. You're good up front on both sides of the ball, right? And to me, I know we get hyper fixated on Josh Jacobs and the quarterbacks and Devontae Adams and the tight ends and lack of use, all that stuff. But up front, it, it you just be like, ah, okay, Colton Miller, okay, player, you know, great, good player. But outside of that, everybody's replaceable. There's nobody on that offensive line that I'd be like going to bat for to say, no, we can't let this kid go. He's going to be a superstar. 
And on the defensive side, outside of Max Crosby, and you talked about Tyree Wilson, it's like, okay, you get some good play out of those guys, and that's fine. And this is where I had I had a, a, a listener of ours disagree with me on X.com last week because they're like, you keep saying on your show that the Raiders' defense is deficient in talent. I don't think that's true. And I'm like, what? What, what are you watching? And respectfully had a conversation with this person, which was good. But it's, it's, you look at this and you say to yourself, that's why we pick them originally to have six or seven wins because they just don't have that much talent and it's showing out now. Add in the coaching situation, add in the fact that you can't develop talent and um, it could be a really long rest of the season, Mo, if they can't start to get some performance out of these guys. What I will say is the defense is exceeding expectations. Now, is there a lot of star level there? No. I mean, Max Crosby is a star on that, on that unit, obviously. Sure. Right? No question. Then you have Trayvon Merrick, who I think is back on the right track. Devon Diablo, let's hope he's healthy. Came up the field with an angle injury against the Bears. They could be a solid starter. Robert Spillane has exceeded expectations. But other than Max Crosby... Right. Do, what, what player do you look at and you say, I could put that player on the trade block and get a lot of value for that player? That because the, the league will tell you what your value is. That's correct. And I don't think there any I don't think there's anyone on that Raiders roster outside of Max Crosby that would get you great trade capital in a deal if they were if the Raiders were to put that player on the trade block. Like I said, the closest thing behind Max Crosby, maybe I, I would say the next guy would probably be Merrick. Because yeah. you could see the you could see the potential there. Devon Diablo plays a devalue position at linebacker. People, you know, teams don't trade a lot for linebackers. So other than that, you know, where's the value in that defense? There's still not, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to hear me wrong on this. It is a good sign that they're making strides, and you want to see those young guys continue to make strides. So I'm not going to judge it too harshly. So I, I will say that I will say the defense has helped the Raiders win more games than the offense has, and that's yeah. an embarrassment because, as I said. $104 million offense, third fewest uh, points scored per game this year. But even the defense, and I agree with you on the defense. I mean, we've been saying it on the show for the last three weeks, right? Or now almost four weeks. But it's sort of like, it reminds me of a story. Let me take you back in time, Mo, to when I was in high school. And I was, I was, I was not good in math. And so I get into my second year or my first year, it was what? Um, calculus. I can't do it, man. I'm just like, I don't know, other side of the brain, whatever. And I was struggling and I was failing. And so remember the parent-teacher conference and the parent-teacher conference was, okay, well, listen, we just want to get, we want Scott to pass the class. We got to get him to work hard. We understand it's not his thing, but we need him to get him past the class. So the expectation was I wouldn't get an F that maybe I'd get a, if I was really lucky, a C minus, right? And so when we talk about their exceeding expectations, yeah, it's it's sort of easy to do that in some ways, Mo, because they've been terrible for so long. And so when you see some improvement, it definitely is welcomed and it's a good sign. But then the question becomes, yeah, three or four weeks from now, how much have they improved now? And if they just are inching along, it's not enough because it's the NFL. And guess what? You can't take, look, you got people coming in the league coaching teams that the previous year won four games. And I mean, look at what the Eagles did, right? You have turnarounds that happen quick. Turnarounds in the NFL are expected in one to two years, not three to five anymore. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I agree there. What I will say, though, is you have a second half of the season. And True. what I want to say about that is that I I would wait to kind of assess the young players, specifically on the defense, mm-hmm. until the season's over. Because you're talking about, for guys like Tyree Wilson, what, a handful of games where he was where it looked like he knew what was going on around him. You talk about Byron, Wilson, Byron Young, who hasn't been, as I said, hasn't been on the field yet. You talk about Ja'Korian Bennett, who has to get healthy. You know, so Aiden O'Connell, we'll see if he ever gets a start again. <laughs> but he has shown some bright spots that he could be a backup. So what I will say is, yes, you're right. It's not They're not giving enough. They're not getting enough contributions out of their rookie class. But I'm willing to see what it looks like after one year. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, yeah, that's understood. Uh, and, and I, that's why I said four or five more weeks with this defense to see what happens. Uh, the offense is a different story because you got a lot of veterans over there, but um, you know, that, that in itself is interesting. You, the other thing he talked about and he brought it up. Do you remember, I think the uh, two out of the last three appearances that Baldy had on our show, Mr. Moten, he talked about Patriot way doesn't work outside of new England. Right. He said it again today. He said, look, it's like, you got to go be your own person. You got to be your own. You got to run things the way you got to run them where you're at. Like that stuff doesn't work. You can't, it's not like it's a boxed magic pill that you go and, oh, I'm in the desert now. Let me take this pill. And hey, we're Bill Belichick and the Patriots. doesn't work that way. And it really, it is a copycat league though. You look at offenses, defense. That's why NFL is, the scoring is down in the NFL for the third straight year. And I think that's because everybody keeps copying everybody and eventually People catch on because everybody's running the same stuff and defenses start to realize what's going on. But this whole idea that, and I, and I saw, I forgot who it was that wrote it, but the idea that Josh McDaniels looks like he's coaching scared. It looks like they're trying to outsmart everybody with these picks that don't necessarily resound or no, they know talent well enough and they're going to go get all these Patriots who uh, from your rant uh, on Tuesday, uh, our system fits, right? All this stuff. And, and it, it just over and over again shows that it's not working. So what they, that's what I want to see in the second half of the season, Mose. I want to see these leaders, if they are leaders, step up and say, you know what? We just got to do what we got to do. What do we got to do with this team to get the most out of them this year and then set us up for success in the future? I know, I know people out there saying there is no success with Josh McDaniels. I get it. But there's got to be something done. You have to see some movement. You have to see some sense of urgency that they realize this thing's off the track. If Mark Davis doesn't have a comment, let, let's say the Raiders go to Detroit Monday Night Football mm-hmm. and it's a bad loss. If Mark Davis is silent after that, two embarrassing losses back to back, then why would the players have any urgency if, if there's no urgency from the top? If there's no if you if the person at the top of the food chain who hired the head coaching who hired the front office and coaching staff or the head coach, 
is not showing any urgency. And the last time we were in this in this a similar situation, he said Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. Why should the players look at this as oh we have to have some urgency when they when they when you can kind of see that the status quo is okay for now? Now reports came out that Josh McDaniels been coaching for his job, but those are just reports secondhand. Mark right. Davis hasn't said anything publicly about the football team. And again, I'm not saying that Mark Davis has to come out and throw Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler or anyone under the bus. Mm-hmm. But if you can just come out and just say, hey, this is unacceptable, something to let the players know the person at the top of the food chain is paying attention to what's going on and seeing that it's not working, then I think you would get more out of the players. But if if the person at the top is like, meh, fantastic, this is part of the plan. Then the players like, oh, okay, I guess this is part of the plan. We get our butts kicked back to back weeks, and we look ahead to twenty twenty four. Yeah, and, and it's a good point because I do believe that, um, and I don't. The times I've met Mark Davis always come across as an affable guy. You know, of course, I don't know him well. Uh, there are reporters who talk to him a lot, and so they've probably already talked to him, and maybe their silence speaks volumes. Um, and, and that could, you could read that either, either way, but I do believe that everybody, especially owners of things, of businesses, they have pride and they have ego. doesn't matter who you are. You have ego. Everybody's got ego. So to your point, if Monday night is a bloodbath, then, then I would expect something to happen. And I don't say he's getting fired. I'm just saying Mark Davis to say something, or at least people to request that he say something because, whoa, what's going on here? If they don't get blown out and they play well, for example, but still lose, okay, then you're making progress, right? It's a tough game anyway. But I just don't understand, um, you know, sort of th- th- that silence piece of it is is interesting. And, and we'll have to see what happens uh, going forward because I-, I think the next few weeks are pivotal. I've been saying that for, for the other reasons, saying well, they could be positive because you could win these ballgames. But now I'm saying they're pivotal because you've got to show and they've got to show each other, Mo, that they're capable of pulling out of whatever they're in because they went to Chicago. And no matter what Josh McDaniel said, they weren't prepared. Or if they were prepared, they were just flat and came out and blah, whatever. And, and that's a motivational issue. And that, that has to be in the coach, too. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a mess of a thing. But as I said, and nobody wanted to hear it, you know, every Sunday is a different game. And you never know what can happen in the NFL. Did you hear what Cole Komet, the tight end of the Chicago Bears, said about the Raiders mm-hmm. on Sun on last Sunday? He basically said the Jet the, the Jets the Raiders played like they were jet lagged. He basically said we ran the ball, and anytime we got a big gain of six yards on the ground, you could just tell the Raiders were ready to tap out. That's what he said. I'm not reporting this. This is not a mm-hmm. rumor. You can go online right now on Twitter. Uh, I think it's already made off of um, 33rd front office. Oh, yeah. Uh, 33rd team. He yeah, posted 33rd. the clip. And it was Cole Komet, the tight end of the Bears. And it was a quantum St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown's brother who plays for the Bears. They were talking about the Raiders' energy level on Sunday. And he said they played like they were jet lagged. Now, I understand the Raiders are going from the west to the east or midwest in Chicago, east coast time zone. But I believe they they – they traveled ahead. They arrived at, in Chicago early to get ahead of that. And for them to come out with a lack of energy against a bad football team, yeah, it, it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. 
It does. It does. Crazy. All right. We're going to wrap up this segment of Silver and Black today. We'll get back for our final segment. We'll talk a little bit about Monday's game and uh, maybe even a prediction or two. And we'll see what uh, what's going on there. But you are listening to Silver and Black today. And honestly, original podcast, Mo and Scott. We'll be right back. 